our father and our God, we highly exalt you like my sister, my auntie Carol has prayed. We highly magnify you, Prince of Peace and Lord of Lords, you are worthy. There is no one like you, Jehovah. Receive all glory, receive all honor, majesty is your name. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, your name is to be praised. We thank you and we honor you for this time you've drawn us together to seek your face, to share, to hear from you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask you to completely cleanse us. Cleanse me. Cleanse me, Father. I am not worthy. I choose to reduce that you may increase. Father, Holy Spirit, show me my wrong. I surrender it to you this evening. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus, I ask, oh God, that you speak through me. Silence every other voice. I cover us in the blood of your, of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, against any spirit of retaliation, speak clearly to us. We are here that you may change us, transform us completely into your likeness, Abba Father. We bless you and we honor you. May our word, may your word be on our lips, O oh Lord. May the meditation of your word be on our heart, O oh Father. Lord, we bless you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes, you can hear me and Caro and the rest. I praise the Lord. Yes. Amen. We can hear you. Mm. Hallelujah. Um, I bless the Lord so much for we are together again to, to, to share to hear what he has put on, our, on my heart. And I, I thank him so much for this. I thank the cathedral management for this opportunity to share again. Um, the topic I was given is persecution. Persecuted for the righteousness' sake. Persecuted for righteousness' sake. And the scripture is Matthew chapter 10, chapter 5, sorry, verse 10. Matthew 5, 10. I'll read it. God blesses those who are persecuted because they live for God. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who are persecuted because they live for God and the kingdom of heaven is theirs. This scripture is a beatitude. Beatitudes are a set of teachings and blessings that Jesus gave in the Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew. The messages found in the Beatitudes describes the foundation of the Christian faith. The Beatitudes are focused on humility, meekness, right relationships, mercy, purity of heart, and peacemaking. And the purpose of the Beatitudes is to inspire Christians to live according to the traits that Jesus Christ describes. Our scripture once again is Matthew chapter five, verse 10. God blesses those who are persecuted because they live for God and the kingdom of God is theirs. Now, there is persecution that comes because of foolishness, folly, and disobedience. Jesus, in this beatitude, is not talking about the kind of foolishness that leads to persecution. For example, let's look at the foolishness of the sons of Sceva in Acts chapter 19, verse 14 through to 20. The sons of Sceva acted foolishly when they went to cast out the evil or the demon in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Instead, the demons beat them up. Another example is David acted foolish 
when he committed adultery with Bathsheba in Samuel chapter 11, verse 12. And for this reason, or for doing this wrong, God punished him. This is not the kind of persecution our Lord Jesus Christ is talking about in the Beatitudes. Persecution arising from unrighteous behavior is not a blessing. If we fail through our own fault, we should expect to suffer negative consequences. Our Lord Jesus Christ is talking about the blessing of being persecuted for doing what is right. Persecution in the eyes of Christ is what we are sharing this evening. A good example is Paul. Paul, after his conversions, uh, he went through uh, trials, he went through persecution. He was given lashes, 39 lashes. He went through hardships. He went through sleepless nights. He was accused. He was robbed and so on and so forth for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The early Christians suffered massive persecutions from the believers, from, from uh, both the Jews and their Roman lords. Similarly, persecution comes to you and I, a believer, in various forms, as we shall see below. Jesus, our role model, is our example. He was also persecuted. And finally, on the cross, he was crucified for doing what is right. So the 10th beatitude serves as, as a reminder to us <clears throat> that working in a fallen world requires courage. And courage comes through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ tells us that it's not going to be easy. Christianity involves self-denial. Christianity involves suffering, persecution, and the like. It is only those who are determined and fully committed to our Lord Jesus Christ that can succeed. Only those who are determined will be able to emerge victoriously. This was the reason our Lord Jesus Christ warned the disciples in the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse, uh, verse 62, that no one puts his hands to the plow and looks back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Brethren, there is no quitting on Christ. We must be ready for a lifetime relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning whoever steps into the service of Christ and steps out into the world is not fit for the service of Christ. He or she is being tossed about by the wind of lukewarmness and is therefore not fit for the kingdom. If you live a godly life, you will be persecuted. You can count on this one. It is not a matter of if, it is a matter of when and how much. Persecution will surely come Suffering is an expected element in a Christian 
uh, is an expected element in a Christian living, according to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Um, scripture in John chapter 15, verse 19 to 20 says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they keep my word, they will also keep your word. Friends, two things. You and I as a believer are not of this world. Secondly, we must live knowing that the world hates us. The world hates you and I as a believer because we do not belong here. This is not our home. And because of this, we are going to face a lot of opposition. Yes, Christians should not be surprised that unbelievers out there hate them. It's, it, it is a pattern that, that goes back to, to the creation, to the beginning, the revelation or the genesis when Cain murdered Abel. I would like us to, to, to look at two key words in this scripture. Uh, uh, that is righteousness and persecution. Righteousness is the perfect holiness of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is an essential attribute to the character of God. Righteousness is the quality of being morally right and justifiable. Righteousness is more than just being a good person. It refers to a complete, a complete orientation of life toward God and his will. Well, um, righteousness by its very nature is confrontational. Um, the very fact that you, a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, the, 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 the fact that you and I are believers in Jesus Christ bothers people, especially people of the world. Jesus said, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. Once we confess Christ, we are the light and salt of the world. And the world is full of darkness. The world does not want to come to Christ because they fear or they don't want to expose their evil uh, deeds. This is the reason why people are still held back in evil. They do not want the light to come through. They do not want to step into the light of our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore they are wobbling in sin day and night. To endure persecution for the righteousness' sake, one requires an uncompromising faithfulness to God despite every threat and every pressure. We must be faithful amid this all form of pressures. That's why scriptures tells us that we are hard uh, pressed, we are crushed, we are perplexed, but, but we'll not give up. We are not, we are not destroyed because we know who we are in Christ. And this is our hope as believers. Um, persecution 
the definition here is um, persecution is hostility and Ill, Ill treatment, especially because of race, political or religious beliefs. In First Peter chapter three, verse 14, uh, we read that even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. You are a representative of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you're an ambassador of Christ. And the reality is that if you follow Christ, then you'll face persecution. Because all who desire to live godly in Christ um, will suffer. Most important thing is that Nothing shall separate us from Christ as we see it in scripture. Yes, we will encounter difficulties and fair treatment, um, all sorts of wickedness. But we are reminded that no matter what happens in this life, we are blessed when we are when when we focus on doing what is right and what is good and we will have um what is right and what is good for ourselves for eternity in the kingdom of heaven praise the lord um this this verse implies that when we are ill treated for doing what is right we have a choice. We can either do what is right and suffer persecution that may come for the sake of Christ, or we can avoid this harassment or pain by turning away from what is right. Scripture is clear. Be faithful to the end. Being faithful is used by God and bears fruit, the fruit that we see in Galatians 5.22. These are the choices we make to honor God despite the criticism around us, despite the pain, despite all, all the, what can I call it? All, all the tornadoes that we face. But we can be sure that because of faithfulness to our Lord Jesus Christ, he alone is to reward us. Otherwise, we can easily miss out on God if we focus on the storms of this world. If we fail to realize that he is blessing us in every situation that pertains life. There may be seasons and times and seasons when Christians experience um, persecution of religion, ethnic, political, and social persecutions. Hold on to our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, uh, in some parts of the Middle East, it is illegal, by the way, to be a Christian. If someone is found to be a Christian, he or she will leave the country or will be killed. I'm getting some interruption in the background. Kindly mute. Sorry about that. Let us continue. Uh, not forgetting to mention the category of Christians uh, hurting and mistreating each other. Scripture says in, in, in Luke chapter 6, Scripture says that do to others as you would have them do to you. Let us stop hurting one another let us stop doing things that do not honor God. 
our Lord Jesus Christ is a pure God. We are called to be pure. It's very sad, very unfortunate that believers mistreat others. Believers are tearing each other. Believers are land grabbing. Believers are, are, are hard off in the in, in issues of mistreating, for instance, uh, our house helps, in-laws. Believers are right in the middle of fighting. This is ill treatment and it grieves the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Scripture reminds us to forgive, to love one another, and to pray for the body of Christ. Uh, in First Peter chapter four, uh, we read that if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God. Jesus invites us to respond through rejoicing, through gladness. Are you out there and you're hurting, you're suffering for the sake of Christ? Rejoice, it will be over soon. Hold on to he who called you and it shall be well with you. Persecution develops um, in, in a Christian, a deeper spiritual formation into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ and the joy of being faithfully united with him. It reminds us of our calling as exiles in this world and our desperate need to renounce the idols of being liked. Believers, we struggle with the idols of being liked. May the Lord free us from this kind of slavery. Finally, persecution, persecution uh, produces in us a heart of humility. Humility that cultivates a heart of love for people that are persecuted. As we look to Jesus, we see his example on the cross, joyfully bearing the weight of persecution. And in his final breath, praying for all those who led to his church. In this, we rejoice and prepare our hearts to do the same in the world around us. Why will believers be persecuted? We see this in Matthew, the, our scripture, chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. Believers will be persecuted because of righteousness and on an account of me, our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Cain killed Abel not because of something he did wrong, but because of something he did right. Abel offered a an acceptable sacrifice to God, which enraged Cain. Obviously, this also happened to our Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter three. Um, it, uh, John chapter three comments on the world's response to Christ. When people are living in sin, they naturally will hate those who are living in righteousness. For example, a person in a classroom where everybody's cheating, he or she possibly reports or speaks out against those who are cheating. This will lead to kindly uh, mute. Uh, Auntie Carol, please don't. Um, secondly, to work at a business where others regularly gossip or negative about probably 
the leadership for practice all our degrees. This also will lead to resentment. We decline to be part of it. It may even lead to being harassed or a promotion is passed by and even fired. With Daniel, his co-workers got him post into the lion's den. You may not face the lion's den, but your persecution will increase as you, you, you look more like Christ and expose sin and, and call for righteousness. Friends, let us not fear to point out evil. Therefore, harassment, ostracism, and persecution are all a lot of faithful believers. We are not going to compromise, but we are going to speak out against every sinful practice in the name of Jesus. Thirdly, persecution for righteousness also happens as a result of spiritual warfare. An example here is in Job chapter one, when God drew attention to Job's righteousness. It led Satan to accuse Job and seek permission to afflict him. Job lost his family, he lost his job, he lost everything. Eventually his health, it was all rooted in the spiritual realm. He was attacked because of his righteousness and they'll do the same to you. They will attack you because this commonly happens to believers, especially when they are on fire for Christ, the enemy will come in and he will fight you through your wife, he will fight you through your children, he will fight you through your ministry. Satan will afflict you because righteousness in order to deter you and I from living for God. To do this, he not only uses the demons, but also the world. Persecution will continue to grow in this world. The more it grows, the more it, it, it takes uh, people of God far away into the dark world. Persecution may manifest in one's family. For example, a child might become saved, but the parents and siblings will not. A wife would accept Christ while the husband refused. As a result, some believers are shunned, beaten, disowned, and possibly killed over their faith. Certainly, Christians do avoid persecution. Some Christians do avoid it by compromising their faith and falling back to their small goods. An example here from the scripture is Aaron. Aaron bowed to the pressure of the Israelites and made a golden calf, an idol for them to worship. However, Christ taught that in order to be his disciple, we must hate father, mother, or whoever stands in the way, but be willing to take up the cross. A disciple who is unwilling to bear his cross is not a disciple at all. And according to this final beatitude, he is not part of God's kingdom. In fact, Christ taught that those who denied him before others, 
he would do the same for his father. And not all those who call him Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. The question to you and I, will you be willing to take up your course to follow Jesus Christ genuinely? Note that persecution arising from unrighteous behavior is not blessed. I mentioned that already. If we fail through our own fault, we should expect to suffer negative consequences. And this punishment, he says, our Lord Jesus Christ says, that it will go on to the fourth generation. Ask the Holy Spirit to keep you and to keep me in our Lord Jesus Christ. How have you experienced persecution for righteousness? How should believers respond to this persecution? Believers are not called to retaliate or return evil for evil. We are not called to self in self-pity over persecution. We grumble, we complain, and this does not please Christ. In verse 12, Christ calls believers to rejoice and be glad. Be glad can literally be translated uh, leap for joy. And this is what happened through the biblical history, meanwhile. Uh, uh, Paul and Cyrus not, were uh, praying, singing, rejoicing amid this to their suffering. Choose to imitate Christ amid this your storm, amid this my storm. Friends, choose to rejoice even when things do not seem to add up, for joy comes in the morning. Yes, be encouraged in our Lord Jesus Christ. We must remember that suffering to righteousness is free. With the rest of the beatitudes is proof of our salvation. Christ says this, about those persecuted for righteousness, for the kingdom of God belongs to them. We must remember that suffering for righteousness will be greatly rewarded in James chapter one, verse 12. Happy is the one who endures testing friends. May we endure because when he has proven to be genuine, he will receive the crown of life that God promised to those who love him. We must remember that suffering for righteousness puts us in the company of the prophets. For example, prophet Elijah was haunted by Ahab and Jezebel. Jeremiah was imprisoned and stoned to death. John the Baptist was beheaded. Jesus was crucified. Stephen was stoned. 10 of the 11 disciples, excluding the betrayer Jesus, were martyred. John was the 11, was exiled on the island. So, as we rightly consider suffering for righteousness, um, it should cause us to be glad. Paul taught that just as belief in Christ is, uh, is of God, so is suffering for Christ. It is of God. Scripture teaches that we can rejoice because of suffering, for suffering produces perseverance in us and character and hope in our God. 
we can rejoice in suffering because in the midst of suffering, we experience God's comfort and therefore are equipped to offer comfort to others who are suffering. Secondly, we can rejoice in suffering because it makes us weak, very weak, and therefore more and more able to rely on God, to display the power of God. God told uh, Paul that his power is made perfect in our weakness. God is working in believers for his good, making them into the image of Christ to the glory of Christ. How have you experienced joy in the midst of trials in general? Be encouraged, brethren. Secondly, raising awareness. Many Christians are not aware of the state of Christian persecution around the world. Some are surprised to know that believers are being insulted, humiliated, discriminated, beaten or tortured, or even killed for their faith. Efforts need to be made to raise awareness of the persecution that, Christ, that Christians face. Churches might consider uh, probably holding seminars, uh, conferences in which people acquitted with this topic could be invited to share. This could help, uh, could help gain a deeper understanding of the persecuted church. Also standing with the persecuted Christians. For example, there was a Muslim boy who came to us and needed uh, someone to stand with him because he was persecuted for renouncing Islam. First, uh, First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26, Paul writes, if one part of the body suffers, every part suffers with it. Paul is making the point that Christians ought to be watching out for each other. It is unexpected behavior from those who claim to be followers of Christ. We ought to watch out for each other. How are our believers doing? We should show concern and raise our voices against injustice. The global body of Christ can be a huge encouragement. Thirdly, we need to, to, to offer practical help to our brothers and sisters facing uh, this, facing our persecution. When a Christian individual, a family, or a locality is attacked and their homes, for example, are set on fire or vandalized, they run for their lives and literally they become homeless. In the majority of cases, they have no option other than to stay um, in temporary shelters wherever they find. It's our responsibility. It's my responsibility. It's my res your responsibility to stand with uh, people of God going through trials. As I conclude, Persecution and righteous living has always made the church stronger. It burns impurity out of the church. It drives away the nominal worldly attenders and separates the church from the world. It drives the church to prayer. It unites the church in brotherly love. It often causes the church to expand numerically as seen, for example, in China under communism. Second Timothy chapter three, our Lord made it clear from his earliest teaching, 
we can tell also from his opponents, they made it clear as well from their earliest reactions that following Christ was costly. Those who entered his kingdom would suffer for him before they would reign with him. That is the hard, honest truth that every preacher, every evangelist and witness of Christ should exemplify. We do the Lord no honor and those whom we witness to do not benefit by hiding or minimizing the cost of following Christ. Following Christ is costly. The cost of discipleship is built to believers in different ways. It is costly. Faithfulness to Christ may even cause you to lose friends, to lose someone you love so much. It may cut you deeply and hurt you deeply. Suffering for Christ means we are looking more and more like him every day. In addition, we must remember that when it is, it is time to suffer for Christ, his grace will always be sufficient for each one of us. The grace that saved us and the grace that sanctifies you, the grace that sanctifies me will always be available. So we can suffer in a way that honors and glorifies God. There is a hymn called, I must tell Jesus. All my trials, I cannot bear these trials alone. Brethren, always remember, before you run to so-and-so, before you pick up a phone to, 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 to share your challenge, call on the name of the Lord. In my distress, he will help me. He ever loves and cares for his own. What can't our Lord Jesus Christ do? What can't he do? You will ever be tested. Struggles will always come your way. People will annoy you day and night. Actually, you may be disappointed and demoralized, even in ministry, in marriage. Name it. Take heart. Before you break down, ask yourself this question. Who called you? Who are you working for? You know, there is uh, this saying I, I love so much. The saying goes, you will never stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from laying nests on your head. You can't stop people from talking. People will always have their own opinion about you. You can't change that. And you can never stop them. Even our Lord Jesus Christ mentioned it. He knows people. People are people, but never allow people's words to blind your eyes from what God has set in you to accomplish. When we continually tell our Lord Jesus Christ our trials, he will deliver us no matter what. Some uh, can say you will not marry, the business will not work out this responsibility and this task you can't handle. He who called you will always help you to accomplish what is before you. Therefore, use that opportunity to trust in the almighty God to do exploits through you. Scripture says that the people who know their God 
shall stand firm and take action. Praise the Lord. Shall we pray together? Our Lord and our King, we bless you. We thank you for this time in your presence. Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me where I have uttered that which has not glorified your name. Father, it's my prayer this evening that your word, your word about persecution and righteousness will fall on fertile ground. Father, it's my prayer that we'll take our eyes off the things around us and concentrate on you. It's our prayer this evening that you continue to consecrate us, continue to grow us into your likeness, Heavenly Father. We are depending on you. Father, may you channel every blessing that comes from you to continue strengthening us, our Lord and our Savior. May you prepare us for what is yet to come. May we know that you're with us. You will not leave us. You will not forsake us. Amid is the persecution that we face. We also stand with our brothers and sisters out there who are imprisoned. Some families have lost loved ones due to Christian persecution. For your sake, oh God, we ask that you hear us from heaven and turn our world, the world that is full of darkness, Lord, that someone out there will confess you as Lord and Savior. Father, Receive the glory this evening and receive all honor in Jesus' mighty name we believe and prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joy, our sister Joy, for sharing with us this word on righteousness, persecution due to righteousness. May the Lord bless you for sharing with us. Thank you for taking us through. As we uh, Concluding prayer, I'd like us to go into a place of repentance. We need to repent for walking in unrighteousness and where our righteousness has not become crafted solutions for the problems of injustice, for the problems of wickedness, human trafficking, land grabbing, even this current issue that is before us, this, this, this scheme of the nyege nyege. Uh, uh, celebration. Let us come before God in repentance because our righteousness has not had any effect in denting some of the, 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 the problems and the sins and the wickedness in the land. Let us repent. Father Lord, we come to you this evening to repent of unrighteousness. You have called us, Lord God Almighty, to be holy because you are holy. You have invited us, King of Glory, to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart for you. You have called us, Lord God Almighty, that when two or three are gathered in your name, you will be there in our midst. That, Lord God Almighty, when we call upon your name, when we knock upon the doors of heaven, you will answer us concerning the matters that we have brought before you. Lord God Almighty, we come to repent that King of Glory in every way, we ourselves have not exuded or testified to the righteousness that would move mountains, testified to the righteousness that would build a faith to move mountains. Father, we are asking for mercy. Lord, we are asking for forgiveness. Our sister has talked about the injustices in our home against house help or against in-laws or others. Father, we have not, or oh God, testified to walking in righteousness. And so when accusations have come up against us, because we do not, or oh God, we are not charitable, we are not patient, we are not compassionate, we are not loving, we are not forgiving, we are bitter. Father, all these accusations have been right. It has not been a persecution, but it has been a judgment because of the wickedness that we have done. We are asking, oh God, for mercy. We are asking, oh God, for restoration. Father, we have abused the grace, Lord God Almighty, of being Christian. Father, we ask for mercy. We are asking for forgiveness. King of glory, you have told us that we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. 
But Lord God Almighty, we have not reflected Christ in our lives. And so Lord God, my Father, in different places we have been defeated. In many places we have dragged the name of Jesus in the mud. And people do not want to be Christians because we have walked in unrighteousness. Some of us have been involved in land grabbing. Some of us have been part of the agencies that have been trafficking children into foreign lands. Some of us, Lord God Almighty, have also persecuted the church, persecuted the clergy, persecuted those who are born again. And so, Lord God Almighty, we have not been a united front. We have been rejected. We ask for mercy. We ask for forgiveness. Your word asks us that who will stand up for me against the wicked? Father, Lord, we have always feared to stand, Lord God Almighty, and be counted to testify against wickedness. And so, Lord God Almighty, King of glory, we have become irrelevant. Father, we ask for mercy. We ask for forgiveness. Today, Lord God Almighty, we are asking for courage. King of kings, one of the greatest sins we have committed, Lord God Almighty, is walking in discouragement, of walking in anxiety, in fear. Lord God Almighty, not able to stand up against wickedness. Father, Lord, we come before you and we ask for forgiveness. We have failed to walk in unrighteousness because, Lord God Almighty, we have walked in fear, in anxiety. We have walked, Lord God Almighty, wondering, Lord, what man will say about us. Father, we ask for forgiveness. Today, Lord, we have heard your word. We have said, Lord, we will not harden our hearts. Today we have heard your word. We will not harden our hearts, oh God. We are calling upon you, Holy Spirit, that you will touch our hearts, you will transform us, remove from us hearts of stone, give us hearts of flesh, and that in everything again, help us to walk, Lord God Almighty, in righteousness. Blessed be your holy name, that when persecution comes, we shall still count it all joy, that when we suffer for Christ, when we suffer for the cross, we know that you are with us because your word is clear. Even if we go through the fire, you will not leave us. Whether we walk through, through the, the waters, we will not be defeated. Blessed be your holy name. We worship you, Lord. Receive us, accept us again, restore us, and help us to walk in righteousness, O Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed with thanksgiving. Amen.